Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! So good. Crunch slid his fingers into Victor's healthy, wet hair cool against his palm. His cock was already stiff and pointing upwards in front of Victor's face. The lad wasted no time and wrapped his fingers around it, giving it a gentle squeeze as he sucked on Crunch's sack with a content with a content murmur. I could suck that cock all day, he declared with passion, giving Crunch's nuts one more kiss before progressing up, his tongue pulsing against the underside of the cock. And I could see that. Crunch panted with a smile, stroking Victor's hair. His heart was pounding, and he reveled in the attention he was getting. The lad had such a talent for sucking. Being uh, encased in the soft mouth while staring down at those intense brown eyes had Crunch galloping towards climax within minutes. Victor was bobbing his head in a circular motion, his slick tongue pressing into the sensitive underside of Crunch's dick at all times, except for those glorious moments when he was drawing back to play with the crown of the shaft. Claire. Neil. You should start charging money for doing that audiobook. <laughs> I mean, except for those, like, flubs every now and again. That's what, <laughs> that's what takes her for. Yeah. That was a, that was a spicy passage. It but, was a spicy passage. Uh, it was a spicy we, passage. We <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, we have to do our podcast now. Oh, a podcast? Yes. That's Are why you we sure have you don't want me to talk about honey blowjobs? We will. Fortunately... <laughs> Fortunately, Art, we've created a podcast such that we can talk about honeyed blowjobs. Excellent. Let's do it. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We certainly do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you have come here for just uh, regular old reviews that are three paragraphs long and gently touch on the plot before they end with a summary, you have come to the wrong place, my friend. Yeah, this is like a spoiler apocalypse up in here. They're they're everywhere and they're hungry. <laughs> they're coming for you and they're going to come for you slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take about two and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> claire yes you picked books what books did you pick oh man i picked uh tainted blood a zombie apocalypse romance novel forsaken hope book one by ella b andrews and stung zombie gentleman mm romance by k.a american great and what was the theme the theme was a zombie apocalypse zombie apocalypse <laughs> zombie apocalypse zombie apocalypse great i i'm not a big zombie person but i was excited for these books and i'm looking forward to talking about them but first claire mm-hmm. what's yes. got you all hot and bothered um I tell you what uh i am avoiding the news right now i just Fair. cannot i just cannot um, I like my NPR one when I first wake up in the morning and the dulcet sounds of 
of very sweet and well-intentioned yet urgent and earnest NPR um, newscasters. But I tell you what, I just couldn't. <laughs> I just couldn't the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Um, so I've been full on getting into some parasocial relationships with people on YouTube, <laughs> like just right. digging into those, you know, fake relationships. And I need to recommend, I think I've recommended this YouTuber before, Caroline. Caroline is an interior decorator and she's actually very good at it. She says she's one of those who's like favors a lot of neutrals with a plant every now and again, mm-hmm. which I feel is boring, but also fine. And I love it. It's great. And she does a good <laughs> job with it. So good for Caroline. <laughs> um, and Caroline's journey over COVID has been fucking intense. <laughs> I feel so many feelings for her. She will do just a regular old um, design uh video but her design videos are so angsty and they're she's just like look i'm gonna tell you what's what don't buy that fucking cloud couch it's a fucking idiocy idiocy thing do not buy it and she's just like she's straight she straight talks and she's just like blunt and she's super fun and she's just sort of angry yelling at me too and i'm like (laughs) Is this my kink to have a designer <laughs> angry yell at me about couches? <laughs> I don't know what to do with this as a person, but I think I'm going to watch the next video. Um, but she's super funny, and she's obviously she's she's very kooky in some ways. But over the course of COVID, when she started her YouTube and it got a couple of really good hits, she and her long-term partner broke up. And she needed to move uh, back closer to home and get an apartment for herself. It had obviously been a long time since she lived on her own. So there's like this mix of very personal posts that she does mixed with um, mixed with like her design stuff. She just she just put it a two parter that was about a date that she was having. She was going on and like the mental deterioration and spiraling she was doing as preparing for this date. Oh, and it is so relatable. It is so funny. It is hard to watch because it's very vulnerable, but it's also really honest and it's not bad news. Like I want, I feel like I need to spoil this for everybody. It's not bad news. She does fine. She's okay. And the date went well. But there's this one lovely part in the middle of it, like three days before the date, where she gets drunk and goes to Whole Foods. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just vlogging from Whole Foods. And she's just like, I'm drunk at Whole Foods. I went walking down the street with my... And then she pulls up with these big thermoses. Um pint of rum (laughs) and she's like and i was like i need eggs so i'm here in whole foods and i'm doing real great and she shows her basket there's like a thing of chicken in there (laughs) and she's like and i can't find the eggs where is eggs it's not where i thought eggs should be it's not near milk eggs is milk right (laughs) she's like like, i'm doing great (laughs) y'all and then like she finds the eggs and she puts the camera down and she's standing in front of the cooler and it's just like so many eggs she's just like nobody needs this many eggs (sighs) and she's just and then then like the words come up i'm overwhelmed (laughs) 
like, and I was like, this is so fucking relatable and delightful <laughs> and wonderful. And honestly, I highly recommend it. It's a two-parter. So the, the date that caused my full mental deterioration is actually part two. Mm-hmm. Part one is where she talks about the guy and how she met him. And it's, it's honestly delightful if you're kind of in the mood to just, I don't know, like feel stressed out with somebody else. And like watch them kind of spiral but pull themselves out. I think this is a good one. And it's um, she, Caroline is delightful. She's she's funny and fun to watch. And as far as parasocial relationships go, I think you know I don't think they're safe. I I, I feel bad for all YouTubers who decide to go down that particular rabbit hole for views. But I actually think this is a good one. So anyway. That is me, hot and bothered for Caroline, <laughs> the angry designer who wants to yell at me. <laughs> and drink rum. Good for her. Good, good for her. She's just like, and I'm doing great. <laughs> like, I'm like a pint of rum. <laughs> and Neil. Yes. What has got you hot and bothered? Um, so last weekend, I went out of town for a wedding. Um, it was a friend's wedding. It was very lovely. And the ceremony (laughs) was three minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) And then they finished and everyone was like, wait, is that it? I just want to be like, you fools. We just got an extra half hour tacked onto our cocktail hour. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Also, go start drinking. Yeah, also, like, the bride and groom are both people, they hate being the center of attention, they hate fuss, they hate pomp, so, like, they wrote vows and they exchanged them in private, they had their first viewing of each other in private, this was literally just the, do you, I do, do you, I do, okay, bye, everyone eat, and it was great, so it's just, it's, I was reminded of, like, Oh, the wedding is for the couple. No, the wedding is not really for the couple. The wedding is for everyone else. And then when people do what they want to do and people get mad about it, it's like, well, it's not your wedding. But also, yeah. if if they weren't inviting criticism, then they would have like eloped to Vegas or whatever. So, and not these, this couple in particular, but like anyone who gets married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I went to a wedding once where... Uh, in secret they had gotten married the night before during the rehearsal Mm. um because the groom's father was the judge and was the one marrying them Mm -hmm. and so legally able to marry them so uh they went through the rehearsal part and then afterwards he took them into the back and they signed the license so they were done they were married they exchanged their vows there and that was it and so then the um the next day during the ceremony it was like that it was a three-minute ceremony which was literally just i do's because both of their parents uh, desperately wanted the big wedding and neither Mm. of them wanted it Mm -hmm. so they celebrate their anniversary for the day before when if they feel like that was their wedding oh tricky tricksy tricksy tricky tricky Mm mm-hmm yeah so that was it was fun it was a really nice weekend and then i don't know if i'm ever gonna get married but it's like here's some things that i'll plan for my wedding so that was fun Yay. I guess. well good for love we also, happy endings or happy middles my my friend group also had a pool going of who would get um 
messy first. Yes, 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 yes. And my vote was on the hometown friend who's a mother of three and going through a lot with like family health issues and stuff like that, who was there alone. Like the dad and the kids were still back home. So she was at that wedding by herself. And I was like, it's going to be her. You were very good at this game. Thank you. I was very close. But then nobody told us about the bride's 23 year old coworker (gasps) who's pretty and has big boobs. Wild card. Wild card, like if we if we had known that she existed, we obviously <laughs> would have picked her. There was one point we ended up because uh, this was up in Tahoe, and I was staying with friends who were also in the wedding. They were like hosting us from out of town, and we had like sort of an after party that was just friends and the bride and groom at their house. And there's one point I'm in the kitchen with one of the hosts and a couple other people and we're just sort of talking and this girl who's very nice but she got messy uh just walks in and she's like i'm gonna start snooping around and just starts opening cabinets and closing (laughs) them and opening cabinets it's just like girl what are you doing what are you doing and then she like was ready to fight someone about how good she is for trivia night for music trivia but like only after a certain year because she's a babe and I, it's a whole thing. Anyway, it was a fun weekend and yeah, I hadn't been to a wedding in quite some time. So oh. it was fun. Weddings are coming. COVID is, you know, purportedly over. So weddings are coming. Weddings are coming. Should we uh, talk about so speaking of things that are coming? Sex. I mean, a zombie apocalypse. Let's talk about these books. (laughs) Let's talk about some books. (laughs) Let's talk about these books. Tainted Blood, a zombie apocalypse romance novel. Forsaken Hope, book one. I don't fear the walking dead like most people, but that may be because I grew up playing Red Rover with them. Patently untrue. Sorry. (laughs) Once they begin to decay, they're not very fast, but they're guaranteed to break through the clenched fists of the other team when they run through them. Sometimes they break those fists off completely. When you've watched a dead man do the chicken dance upon your order, it's hard to take them seriously. (laughs) What is this? I'm sorry. Usually we. I'm so sorry for interrupting. None of that is in this book. None of that is in this book at all. This is a liar. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. So death is the one thing I don't fear. Not when the living are more terrifying. I grew up with a certain set of rules that my dad's and mom instilled inside of me. One, always be aware of my surroundings. Two, when shit hits the fan, stay calm and keep a cool head. And three, never reveal my secrets. Keep them guarded closely or risk the interest of those that would seek to use my power for their own gain. Those rules used to be easy. They were what I lived and breathed. That was until I met Nate. Ever since I fell into his dark eyes, nothing has been the same. Four years have passed, and guarding my secrets has only become more difficult, especially when I have the world's biggest crush on my boss and have have grown as close as family to the crew I work with day in and out. 
Yet even though guilt is a bitter pill I swallow each time I lie to my crew to cover up some oddity of mine that surfaced, it's what must be done. And I could have continued to do so. The dead don't tell my secrets, so confiding in them is cathartic until everything changes and everything I thought I knew is tested. You see, dealing with the living is tough, but the problem with the dead is that sometimes they don't stay dead. This is an 18 plus slow burn why choose novel. <laughs> oh my god! What did, I, what did I just read? I mean, kind of the book? Okay, Claire, that that's what it says the book is about. Yeah. Is that what the book is about? I mean, no. Yes, in some ways. So, um, <laughs> our girl Hope is um <laughs> is on a, a crew of people who scavenge uh scavenge the the countryside and houses that have been abandoned for food and medical supplies and things like that. This is the zombie apocalypse. Uh, the zombie apocalypse has happened about a generation ago. So everybody who was born during the zombie apocalypse has grown up and had children of their own is sort of kind of where we are. But also like society has rebuilt enough that there's a vaccine to the FE virus. Yeah. <laughs> I say virus. Cause it's like the FEB virus. They never explain what FEB means, but B and virus don't have a space between it. So it's FE virus. Every time it's FE virus. <laughs> um, yeah. And, the the coming of that particular vaccination is also strange and unexplained yeah so okay so but we're in a post-apocalypse apocalypse society only one percent of the entire world's population has survived and which is insane that's an insanely small number to have survived um, and we're in the United States. It's very much the Walking Dead sort of feel where there's these little tiny societies that have all sort of grown up out of the destruction. A lot of this is, if you are a fan of apocalypse books, post-apocalypse books, like this is pretty pat, you know, like there's a lot of things that you'll find in any of those books here. So, um, and our girl Hope is part of this like scavenger crew. It is their job to scavenge and to bring things back. Um, they have a big old tank car that they drive around in. Um, and they also, they have to kind of be really tough people because they have to fight off other people who are also scavengers and they have to fight off the walking dead themselves. Our girl Hope though has a big old secret and her secret is that her mother was bitten by a zombie when she was pregnant with Hope. And around the same time, the vaccination was discovered and was being given to people. So Hope's mother survived because she was an early, uh, she was an early adapter of the vaccination. And so Hope herself also survived, but which also made her kind of 
part zombie. She uh, craves blood. She's uh, she's got heightened senses, and she doesn't seem to like feel pain in the same way that normal humans do. And I'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's and so she has to, and she also has to eat living flesh. Uh, to survive but it does seem like it's not human like she's never eaten human flesh she's never had an urge for human flesh and in the book there's one point where she's given fairly fresh human flesh and it she does she doesn't like it it doesn't sit well with her stomach so that's good news hooray i guess (laughs) (laughs) it was like like it would have been so much more interesting to me if she had been concerned about that, like through the whole book, she was like, what if I like it? What does that mean about me? Am I truly a monster? And then like, she's given this test and I don't know. Yeah, also, that she been Sorry, really ahead. interesting. What also would have been interesting is if that's why she wanted to keep it a secret. Yeah. Like yeah, one of it her never powers. Exp- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I mean, one of her powers, and this is the, the power that she wants to keep secret the most is that she can control the zombie hordes. So like, she just has to like vocalize something and they do it. But why does she want to keep that secret? It's never explained. Yeah. I I mean, I can definitely see where somebody would want to use her for that. Um, And like, where you know she could be somebody that like that's huge like you're you you are sort of a weapon at that point like if right. your particular group you could as as is shown in the book like if she can tell a horde of zombies to attack people and they do like that's a big deal but at the same time like the place where she lives is set up against these other like settlements that they come across and it's just like oh no we live in the good place where people are nice and want to help each other right so it never it never it never made sense to me why she was like i would understand her not wanting to tell everyone that she like goes out into the woods and just like we'll just pick up a rabbit and eat it um but i'm just like you live in a zombie apocalypse why are you keeping it a secret that you can control zombies also why do you call them bcs which means blue collars when a you probably don't have a concept of what blue collar means because society has collapsed and b nobody else calls them that no one else in the book calls them that she keeps having to explain it to other people that that's what she calls them but she doesn't explain why she calls them that it's so weird i did a word search for blue collar and i'm like okay there's the first time she says it she must have said why and i just didn't no she didn't she's just like i call them the blue collars uh end of story there now i'm gonna so bc's from now on so that was the like, BCs I, with the Effie virus, and I know it felt like if because she's like twenty, it Probably. felt like this was like a kooky thing, teenager thing. Teenagers make up words for things, and this is what she has done, and that's what it felt like was being put upon her character. <sighs> I don't know. Mm. Um, mm. I will say also, this book is about as much of a romance as the Hunger Games is. Like. The Hunger Games has a romance storyline in it, but it is not a romance. I will also say I'm willing to bet in Forsaken Hope book two, um, this like, and the reason why it's a why choose novel 
it's that there's gonna be a love triangle between herself and Nate and um, Idri, who I'll talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. and at some who turns into a zombie during this book, FYI. And in like book two and possibly three, is she's gonna be able to like just you know pick them all like they're all going to be her lovers <laughs> yeah it felt very tina belcher yes. she's like oh all the zombies love me um so she's on this team some of the there's nate who's her boss that she's has such a crush on but we don't even realize this in like until like page 130 there's also uh Masio, who's a friend of hers and we're like oh like the friend maybe that's the romance and then there's sparks who's like like a crass jock like their first interaction is she like stumbles on him jerking off in the woods and, and while they're out on turns to her and is like uh and he's like uh, 20 year old virgin but like it's okay she every single time one of them shows her any kind of attention she's like oh my feelings my desires so i had i had absolutely no idea who the other love interest was until page 130 when she reveals that she's had a crush on nate this whole time but i'm just like she's hot for everyone and um there a big thing for me so i'm sure this is I'm sure the the two phrases that I'm about to to get into exist elsewhere, but I've heard them most within the Dungeons and Dragons community. The concept of the Mary Sue and the concept of the Edgelord. The Mary Sue is the character that's perfect, that's good at everything, everyone likes them, et cetera, et cetera. And for a lot of this book, she was very much a Mary Sue. Like all every single man she met was in love with her. She has all these superpowers and like, oh, it looks like I'm flying across the forest, but really I just run very fast and people don't know how great I am. And then also the edgelord is like, I have a dark past and I'm motivated by my bloodlust. And there was a lot of that going on too. It got a little bit better towards the end because then she suddenly became very incompetent and kept getting kidnapped. Um, But yeah, I'm just like, what is... What is happening? Okay, everyone's in love with her. She seems to be horny for absolutely everyone. Is she going to fuck everyone? Or is she just in love with the one guy? It was like, I had no idea. I had no idea where this romance was going or where it was to begin with. Yeah, no, no idea. No idea. And I that also very fits very well in with the, uh, <laughs> with the Hunger Games sort of feel in that these are young people who, you know, whose emotions are locked into two weird spheres, which is survival of the fittest and um, I want to fuck that dude. And <laughs> so the like, hormones. <laughs> and so, I, you know, it kind of, so in, in a lot of ways it felt like she was 16 and not 20. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I w- in my head she, she was like 16 until you reminded me that they say very specifically that she's 20 and I'm like, that's not accurate. Yeah. And they're, I mean, and a lot of the ways they talk about sex in some ways I liked, I liked it. Cause it's like, even though 
it's her it's a bunch of dudes in the woods who have been on this crew for like the last four years who do dangerous things and they you know they've you know they've had some trauma together so i kind of like that they were crass about a lot of things like they're not comfortable talking about sex with each other really so they're very crass about it you know like i kind of i kind of dug that but um (laughs) Just like with all YA novels, I disliked her inner voice <laughs> because her inner voice is like, I don't really care. Whatever. I've seen a penis before. I mean, I've seen a guy's thing that's his, you know, whatever before. And I'm like, yeah, you're not uncomfortable at all. <laughs> the, yeah. There was one part later when she gets um, kidnapped and there's the guy with the doll mask <laughs> and and he has a boner and she's like, like the Nate notices and then he's like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you about, she's like, I'm an adult. You can tell me about his little friend or whatever. And I'm like, obviously you're not an adult if you didn't just say erection. Right. Uh, It was anyway. So a lot of this book is them just scavenging unsuccessfully. Like, I feel like I never saw them get a thing. So they are unsuccessfully scavenging for they stuff. They killed a bunch of people. They killed a bunch of people. So they rescue Edric. Um, this book feels like a combination of two important things. One is The Walking Dead and everything that has to do with The Walking Dead. Like there's just you're just going from bloody adventure to bloody adventure trying to survive. Um, the other thing it feels like is uh, The Girl with All the Gifts, which was a book and a movie about a zombie apocalypse where the next generation of children who are born during this are look like regular children and look like they're um, uh, and look like they're you know just fine but they are all like also zombies like there's this duality to them Mm. and at some point they feel like this one girl is could you know potentially like cure the disease because she can control her zombie nature instead of like most of them who can't control it um and in the fucking trailer (laughs) like the actress looks down at the little girl and goes you know what you are your hope (laughs) and i'm like oh this is just fanfic for that like this is just (laughs) fanfic for the girl with all the gifts like that's exactly Mm -hmm. what this is and it's like what if it's the girl with all the gifts but she's older and there's a hot zombie <laughs> and there's also Rick, you know, but he's also like um a moody like like, you know, crow type of guy. He's got like an ear pier- like he's got an eye like one of those like um uh, eyebrow piercings and hair in front of his face. Hot. <laughs> so so that's what this book really is. So they're going from location to location and different things are happening. They meet up with a young man, Idre, and they save him from a group of cannibals. Um, there's a horrific scene where they talk about somebody who's obese and has eaten a bunch of people. And I'm like, wow, that was a horrible way to talk about this. Um, and then uh, they save Idre. Idre is very hot. She shares a kiss with him under the stars. The next day he's turned into a zombie because um, she doesn't want to use her gifts to stop the zombie horde from attacking them because she's freaked out about like sharing her thing. But she does stop it. Idre is still killed. She feels like 
she accidentally spills some of her own blood into his wound. <laughs> yeah, when they were talking about it later, I was like, I don't remember that in any way, shape, or form. But I also was not paying very close attention to this book. I mean, even I reread the description, and in it, she just kept calling it wet stuff. Oh, no! Instead of blood, which is what it was, because she was also crying. So, like, it was like her tears were mingling with the blood and dripping into his open wound, and, like, that's what what it was. But so she just kept calling it wet stuff, and it was like... I don't know why, but that makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, we just talked about cannibalism and blood into blood, and we're like, the wet stuff, that's too far for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then then they move... So she has to leave him there for dead, but she, like, protects him and won't let the others kill him, even though they're like, that's what we do. We kill fucking zombies. And she's like, I'm not doing it. But she also... They do, like, slaughter all the cannibals she's like absolutely fucking not and like without even questioning just like literally blows everybody's heads off um but then they go to a town where it looks a little too empty they're not quite and i thought this description was actually really great where the town is overgrown but there's not detritus and debris laying mm-hmm. around it's not dusty and she's like, that's not how abandoned things are. Abandoned things are dusty. And I was like, that's actually really cool. That's a good way to put this. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so this particular town to has survived pretty well. And they got bored. So they decided to pit like people who were trying to come into their town against each other in a deathmatch style arena with uh with zombies and if they survived they could stay and then they got bored of that it was just like no nah, you just have to fight to the death and then they're like uh fighting other humans and zombies is boring let's have them fight bears and crocodiles <laughs> 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 Christine's face was just like I'm which, sorry, what? Which another part I actually did appreciate about the book. Hope is like this is just animal cruelty. I don't want to fucking fight that crocodile. That crocodile doesn't know what's up. It's just hungry. This is unfair. <laughs> yeah, there's cuz she fights Is it a bear or a wolf a or dog. something? She, a she dog. She fights a dog. Or a couple. Very sad scene because Mm -hmm. she had to kill that dog. And she's like, I can tell that they have underfed it. So they're just like ready to attack whatever. And that's really sad. But I don't want to die. So stabby, stabby. Yep. She has to kill the dog. And then she has, then she fights an alligator and she wins, which good for her. That was actually a really well um, choreographed fight, I Mm -hmm. thought. Like the blocking in in the the blocking in the scene actually made a lot of sense to me and i could feel it like it was Mm -hmm. down and dirty and i actually believe that she could have won that fight based on how Mm -hmm. she did it i also have to point out that at this point we're introduced to the villain who's like in charge of the town or whatever who's a guy who wears robes and then a mask that looks like a doll's face I'm like, that is a good villain. Yeah. That guy is creepy as hell and gets sexually aroused by kidnapping women. That's a good villain right there. I want to punch him in his doll face. An excellent villain. Before we get to any of the animal fights, though, um, our our girl is in a cage and she's in a cage across from Nate. She tells Nate all of her secrets. Nate is like, okay, I really wish you told me that earlier. It's Mm -hmm. good to know. 
Um, Idris has also shown up. Idri has also shown up as a zombie, and he's been very helpful. Um, she's like, you got to help me get out of this cage. And he's he's like, great. He goes and he rips somebody's arm off. <laughs> And he brings it back to her, and she's like, this'll do. She gnaws out a finger bone <laughs> in one of the most disturbing scenes I have ever read in my entire life. <laughs> Where we get a real good description about why human teeth are not meant to tear flesh. <laughs> so, that lasts five pages for some reason i could not figure out she finally gets the finger bone away from the human flesh and starts to pick the lock with it there's a point she like separates the finger from the hand and then sort of like releases the tendon she she could just pull the finger bone out like you would out of like a chicken drumette or something like the bone just slips out i was just like also how is that a lock pick i could not figure that out and it took that girl a long time (laughs) she got it it's hard to hold on to because it's covered in blood yeah you just ripped it out of a body yeah also like she had a hand injury from earlier oh yeah yeah yeah. she was a goddamn mess so then (laughs) because she wasn't paying attention when they were in the town she was like everyone was over there and then she's like i'm gonna go climb on this roof and just like we this whole time we've been talking about she can like she has superhuman hearing especially like heartbeats because of the bloodlust um and then all of a sudden for the rest of the book she's just like not paying attention to what's around her so she gets like kidnapped whenever she needs to be so she could be thrown into a cage i'm like girl it said on the very untrue back of the book one of the rules was always pay attention to your surroundings and you have stopped doing that your mom and your three dads taught you and you're not doing it yeah so uh very awkwardly uh she bone picks the lock Um, oh god that sounds like something else and i hate it (laughs) and so then she gives it to nate so that he could bone pick his lock he can't get out the bad guys show up and she's like i can't abandon nate so she just locks herself back up and i was like why do we even have that scene (laughs) what was was the why what was any of it scene? <laughs> we didn't need any of it i didn't None need of it. to be subjected to you gnawing a finger bone off of a severed arm but i was <laughs> <laughs> so anyway oh. so and not only that like hurt like as she's i have to keep coming back to this and i'm very sorry as she's gnawing it's, it's spoopy season that's what yeah. we're here for as she's gnawing that finger bone off the hand, like she is like in locked eye contact with Nate across from her in his cage for no reason that either of them can figure out. Like <laughs> she's doing like the are... <laughs> she's doing like the wiggly eyebrows and she's like <laughs> I mean they like she's in her head going, Why am I staring at him? And why is he staring at me? <laughs> Hey, babe, you like to have your dick not on like a hand? Like a severed finger? Oh, my God. Anyway, she goes into the arena. She fights these things. And this is where, like, it is unrealistic, like, how injured she gets and is fine. Uh Um, 
the last thing she has to fight is uh is a horde of zombies and Nate himself and she's like oh good I know what to do here I'm just gonna fucking and she's she's just yells at the zombie she's like uh-uh we're not fighting today kill all the humans in the stands and they're like got it and they just do it and she's like uh and Nate's like that's gonna cause some emotional damage in your head and she's like I'll deal with that tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> which I mean by that point in the day fair fair honestly fair like <laughs> you know good for her um so then they have to go find the rest of their crew they do um along the way she turned another girl into a zombie that's under her control now we don't need to talk about that because it's unimportant and then she meets up with the rest of the crew and she tells them everything and and the book ends <gasps> and then we get the epilogue this was a real this was a real good cliffhanger for the next book it was. It really I honestly was, was. I was impressed. Um, we get an epilogue from somebody else's point of view within the crew. And they are not happy with this revelation. They think she's some kind of demon now. They do not like it. And they and, have decided. And that she tricked him into falling in love with her. Yeah. All that like, weird misogyny shit. Yeah, toxic masculinity stuff. He finds our doll mask guy, bad guy, and who is who survived the zombie horde, and is like, let's form a team and let's kill her. <gasps> but we and don't know who it is, and we don't know who it is. It never says who in the crew it is. Like, and all of them were in love with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them like had feelings for her and so it could have like even nate like like it's it's left a little subjective like mm-hmm. i don't think it's nate it doesn't i don't sound think like it's nate, nate. I, I don't but like it's left a little subjective so that if you're not paying attention you might not know mm-hmm. i think it's i want I it to be marcio sp- i think it's marcio yeah see i wanted it to be sparks because he's garbage yeah. Um, but it's more dramatic if it's Masio. Right. Also, Masio, like, we- Weston is brand new. Like, yeah. he's the newest to their crew. Um, I feel like it's Masio makes the most sense because he mm-hmm. was also, like, the one who was quietly crushing on her that everybody was saying. Sparks mm-hmm. was totally, like, openly, like, we could fuck if you want. Um, <laughs> By wagging his dick at her. Yeah. <laughs> he was He was gross yeah but i mean okay so (laughs) yeah uh the romance beats were small um she does she gets a kiss with uh both nate and um idri um like her and idri have like a crazy big emotional bond her nate has that like overprotective male bond thing with her that is annoying to read but whatever yeah. it's a trope she she confesses to him that she's not a virgin and his first instinct is that like someone forced her into it and he's like i'm gonna kill him and she's like no i just like hooked up with this guy and it wasn't great like calm yeah. down yeah so uh, yeah i mean so this was not a romance novel if you're in for a zombie apocalypse romance which i really actually was mm-hmm. um this isn't good for it. If you were in for a uh, creepy ass fucking zombie apocalypse, you know, uh, girl with all the gifts um, fanfic, this is for you. This is the mm-hmm. book you should. This book was written for you. Good job, Ella B. Andrews. There's, your audience is specific and out there. Um, 
I'd like to be pedantic now. Yes. Oh, oh, Christine, if you've got any sort of, uh, like, you know, Neil grammar rant, music or anything, this is where it begins. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, this, the syntax in this, some of these sentences were arduous to get through. <laughs> I was Sisyphus pushing a rock up a mountain, just trying to understand what these sentences were trying to tell me. Tell us what uh, syntax is. So, just, so syntax is um, like word choice and sentence structure working together to to convey meaning both in a way that is unambiguous and then also in, it's like so there's stylistic elements to it so it's the everything all the the words and the grammary things and the structures that you use to to create a sentence and i would like to read a passage so she's talking about um how the canopy of trees is so green that it looks like you could just sort of like, it would like catch you on your way down. This is what she's talking about. And then this is what happens. It's an illusion, one that would kill me if I ever tried to test, but there's some comfort in thinking about it. Most things these days are deadly, usually because they're already dead, but not always. And if I'm to read between the lines of what Sprack said, the insinuations that they know something's up with me but will have my back if, I t if I'll tell the truth, then they'll know about those same illusions. Oh. I... What? Oh, that was rough. I... What? I don't... I don't understand what's going on. Also, I mean, like, listen, I said it. I'm pedantic. But the punctuation in this book is bonkers. <laughs> there... There are commas where there needn't be commas. There are periods that need to be periods. There are uh, colons just hanging out in, in the middle of a sentence for no reason. Like, it's like our author decided to just took a handful of punctuation and just sort of sprinkled it over the over the book. Um, and so I'd like to read a particular sentence about the importance of comma placement. Yes. Rather as an example of the importance of comma placement. So this is in the epilogue where a mysterious crew member has found the doll face man. And it's from the, the first person perspective of the mysterious crew member, which is why we don't know who it is because it's only I. And so we're like, oh, who is it? Again, it was a good twist, but okay. With a snarl curling my lips, I toss a bag down at the freak, comma, hiding behind a mask that looks like a doll's face, comma, and note how a pool of urine spreads around his legs, comma, as a wet spot darkens his pants. So the way it's that comma before hiding behind a mask that looks like a doll's face, because the subject was I, it, I thought for a second, and I'm going to read it again, but I thought for a second that this was from the point of, the point of view of the doll face man. Right, yeah. With a snarl curling my lips, I toss a bag down at the freak, hiding behind a mask that looks like a doll's face. And because there's no new subject, and because it's separated by a comma, it refers back to the original subject of I. So I'm like, oh, it's... And then I was like halfway through, it's like, 
wait, is this not the doll face man? And I had to go back and like, oh, okay. With a snarl curling my lips, I toss a bag down at the freak who is hiding behind a mask that looks like a doll's face and note how a pool of urine spreads around his legs. That's what you meant to say, but you put a comma in there and it confused me greatly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, there was a lot of that in here. I mean, it just, some of it was just so difficult to get through. I mean, with a, uh, with a sigh, he rubs his hand down his face and looks at Weston, who stops laughing immediately. The season before you came on board with us, we were in Kentucky. There was a small town. There we were sent to assess because before everything turned shit, it housed one of the largest weapons and armor stockpiles around. At least, that's what the talk was around the base. Supposedly. There was some rich prepper there that lived there. A man at the base used to know seemed like good enough reason to visit. We ne- we were needing a location to head next anyway. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I mean, there was almost, you have almost no choice to like, just to skim the book. I know. It was just, you just like, if you really read this book, you'd have like, okay, I have to stop. I have to understand mm-hmm. what the sentence means because I don't. Like, you just had to keep pushing. I have two more that I like to share, and then I'm ready to be done. Um, Trust me, Hope, with the right person, sex can be a lot of things regrettable or forgettable, comma, aren't one of them. (laughs) What? Yeah, I reread that sentence actually a couple times. (laughs) Okay. I was like, wait. Okay. Okay. I get it. It's not, I get it. It's not supposed to be re- regrettable or forgettable. I it's, get it. Okay. <laughs> trust me, Hope, comma, with the right person, sex can be a lot of things. Colon, regrettable or forgettable aren't one of them. <laughs> it's still all wrong. It's, like I would okay. rewrite that entire sentence. And then also, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, even if that B changes every day. You mean where? The where changes every day. What are you talking about? What? <laughs> I actually highlighted that one because I was like, I thought the other book was about bees. And I was like, oh, no. That's- <laughs> Let's be friends. Let's be friends. Anyway, um, points for the villain and for the twist at the end. And hey, if you if you want a zombie movie where people get attacked by or a zombie media where a group of people are attacked by a horde of zombies, that's all in there. But boy howdy, was this book so difficult to read. It was. Also, sorry, one last thing. <laughs> the cover of the book um depicts uh, a young woman sort of with one knee up and she's resting her head on her arm on her knee and the other arm is like behind her supporting her and she's over water so it's like reflected so the reflection the upside down reflection of her arm supporting her is the second l in ellaby andrews but if you didn't know that her name was ellaby it looks like her name is l space a b space Andrews. (laughs) Andrews. <laughs> but it's not. It's Ellaby with two L's, even though there's only one L on the cover, and the hand that's meant to be an L is upside down because it's a reflection, so it makes an upside down L, which is nonsense. 
Graphic design is my passion. I know. I'm just, just for Christine's sake, I'm going to show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Christine made a, oh, face. (laughs) And now she's shaking her head. It's bananas. Bananas. Um, Yeah. And most of the stuff that's on the back of the book, like, lies. That happened. Lies. 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 Oh, my God. I would have enjoyed the book more if she was like, oh, as a kid, I used to play games with the BCs. Because that would give me something to enjoy in this. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Utterly weird. So, but anyway, that was Tainted Blood, a zombie apocalypse romance novel for Sake and Hope, book one by Ella B. Andrews. Stung, Zombie Gentleman, MM Romance by K.A. American. If you want honey, prepare to get stung. October 1907, Honey Hill. <laughs> I had no idea this took place in 1907. There's absolutely nothing in the book to indicate that at all. I mean, yeah. what? I mean, unless like we're supposed to assume the train was enough for us to know that. No, no, no. not in the UK. Oh my god. <laughs> Both of these. Okay, one book is a liar, and this one is like very important information that's not in the book. <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, everybody. Okay. That explains well, the work farm, though. I guess. I don't know if it does. Yeah, I, I'm sure they still had, um, like, the poor houses back then and I debtor's mean, prison and. I mean, stuff. the work farm made total sense for me as far as like an, an apocalypse situation. Yeah. Goes. Uh, I'm anyway. sorry. Please okay. finish reading the fact that we got what, uh, two sentences in? Okay. <laughs> sorry. 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 Uh, October 1907, Honey nice. Hill. 20 years into the zombie plague. Victor is a man of delicate sensibilities, not fit to do a back-breaking labor on a farm run by the mob. Upon arrival in Honey Hill, he decides he needs an anchor, an alliance with one of the guards, if he wants to survive. That anchor comes in the form of Crunch, a hunky ex-sailor with a pair of tight leather trousers and ruggedly handsome face. But from day one, Victor knows he won't last long with the hard physical work assigned to him and the torment he suffers at the hands of a sadistic guard. He needs to run and his new alliance might prove to be a burden instead of a solace. If Crunch wants to leave Honey Hill liberated, he needs to focus on his job, not on protecting Victor, one of the many new arrivals on the farm. Distraction is the last thing he needs after months of undercover work, but it's hard not to get seduced by Victor's big brown eyes and fingertips that don't know work. Sorry, I was expecting that to be sexy. I apologize. (laughs) It was just factual. Let me read it again. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, Seduced by Victor's big brown eyes and fingertips that don't know work. Hundreds of people depend on Crunch keeping his identity a secret. Revealing it could be fatal for both him and Victor and a failure of his mission. Thankfully, Victor would never be dumb enough to try and escape through a forest that's swarming with zombies. Would he? 
Stung is a standalone book and part of the zombie gentleman universum. Uh, themes may contain spoilers. Zombies, prisoner guard, beekeeping, gore, decapitation, undercover agent, captivity, romance, brutality, forced labor camp, murder, farm, torment, forbidden romance, Victorian. Heat level, explicit. Genre, dystopian MM thriller. Length, uh, 50,000 words. <laughs> They are going for them metrics. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. I also love it's like gore, romance, Victorian, beekeeping. Beekeeping. <laughs> it doesn't even get into beekeeping all that much. Uh, or zombies. <laughs> or, okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Am I am I allowed to talk about the books now? Yes. Okay. Because okay. you you know whoever reads it has to then. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So I did not know that this book takes took place in 1907. One. Nineteen oh seven. Nineteen oh seven. I don't think it ever said that Crunch used to be a sailor. It did very very briefly because oh. he went at one point he made this very strange like sort of like metaphor about like the dangerous waters that he is uh like it was just a metaphor at first he's like oh i'm in very shallow waters here if i don't turn right i could be like you know if i don't steer this ship correctly i could be you know stuck on a you know stuck on something like it was just like it was a very complex and dumb metaphor and then he's like and i would know because i used to be a sailor and i'm like jesus we don't need to know things to do metaphors it's okay to just have a metaphor yeah oh god okay yeah because i was gonna say like anyone could make that metaphor because of how how um ship travel was so pervasive okay i have to say right off the bat um this this book could very easily have been not zombies uh yes (laughs) so that's a little disappointing didn't need the zombies at all that like we're after the plague is done so it sounds like there are some zombies left what happened during the plague we don't know None of it's touched on yeah, at all. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's more zombies. Like, it doesn't seem like there will be more or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Though, I mean, it does say there's a there there's a part where there's a concern that, like, somebody... Oh, it was after the... Um, oh, they do check to see if somebody's been bitten. After like, the escape attempt. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it seems... It seems I I don't know. It easily could have not been zombies. Um and we'll we'll get into it as I like go through the plot or whatever and be like this was zombies but it easily could have been this other thing. Um So yeah, it just uh, I was a little disappointed by that. Yeah. Okay. So, it also uh, didn't have to be Victorian, like I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. I had abs- there was there was there was nothing. There was nothing to indicate where we were also Although, it's 1907 one of the very funniest scenes and i guess it kind of feels like it makes more sense if it is victorian one of the very funniest scenes is our man victor was apparently just at a cafe uh reading a newspaper very chill when a whole mm. bunch of guys just picked him up and threw him on a train and now he's at this work camp <laughs> 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 and like, 
and there was reasons why this all went wrong which made no sense at all but i just like this idea of in the middle of a zombie apocalypse this guy mm. is just sitting reading a newspaper and then he's kidnapped <laughs> yeah also 1907 is not victorian it's edwardian yeah just yeah. putting that out there um okay so yeah, okay so there's also okay so there's london and there's by london which is not explained what by london is <laughs> so it's um, next to london <laughs> i assume like anyway um so victor is a singer uh decidedly middle class and apparently he made advances on a member of the doll family dal doll probably doll d-a-l yeah family who were like a crime family that apparently run London and or by London with an iron fist. And so this pissed off, I forget which one, one of the sons, I guess. Um, and so he was scooped up and put on a train to this work camp. They have this farm where there are apple orchards and an apiary. And it's, it's a prison. It's not even a prison because it's not like through the government. It's slave. It's a slave camp. These people are enslaved here because most of the people there are in like they borrowed money from the, the crime family and because they couldn't pay it back they were shipped off to this farm um and the opening scene is great because victor's are like blindfolded and packed into a train and we as the reader are like what is going on i'm very excited this is ah! um so they get up they're sort of being walked around and victor immediately immediately is like the only way i can survive this is if i seduce a guard that one he's hot he's looking at me i'm going to seduce him right now that also seems to be Victor's go-to, which is also why he got into trouble. Mm -hmm. Because one of the doll family was like, oh, we want you to come and sing for us. And he's like, oh, you want me to suck your dick? And he's like, that is not what I said. Away with you. <laughs> Away with you. And Victor was like, it was a simple mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny, too, because, like, the first time he references it, it was like, oh, it was a misunderstanding. And then we, we find out later in the book, it's like, no, you, like, tried to blow this dude who is in a position of power anyway well that's victor's I, thing blowing yeah. dudes in a position of power i also feel like i should say like i mean we didn't give a trigger warning at the top of the first one but i feel like when you're coming into zombies be prepared for gore mm -hmm. but i do want to say if you are all at all triggered by holocaust type of things like anything that feels remotely like the holocaust this is not the book for you because that mm -hmm. train ride was 100% inspired by anything Holocaust. Mm -hmm. The way the barracks are set up are very Holocaust-y. Like, this is, like, it's it's Dachau. It's very upsetting. And, uh, like, just straight up lifted from those things. Mm -hmm. I recommend not reading this if you are not <laughs> prepared for that kind of thing going in. Yeah. FYI. Um, yeah, so, I mean... There's some plot stuff. <laughs> There's some plot stuff. <laughs> but it's not really important until the end, and I'll get into it. But basically, like, um, Victor's like, oh, that guard's hot. We find out that the guard's name is Crunch, <laughs> which I think is so silly. It just makes me think of a Crunch bar. But he's called Crunch because of how good he is at killing zombies. That if, if he's let out into the forest, you just hear Crunch, Crunch, Crunch from him, like, breaking all their bones. Um... And 
so and this book switches off between victor and crunch and so crunch is like okay i've been here six months and i am so fucking horny and i think that guy was looking at me so guess what's gonna happen now so then you know like i want to do this as ethically as possible as okay (laughs) i'll put a pin in that we're gonna get into it it's just funny the way he says it (laughs) i know i want to have sex with that guy who's my prisoner but as ethically as i possibly can possible (laughs) so crunch sort of like sneaks victor away and you like lets him bathe sneak some extra food and then they like get close and kind of fall in love etc cetera, etc cetera. and then also crunch is like you know keep your head down watch out for these people especially another guard sharp who's also called iron teeth he used to be a prisoner there and he had enough teeth knocked out that when he became a guard they replaced them so it looks like i i imagine it kind of looks like a piano keyboard where it's like every other tooth or something is like metallic yeah same yeah um so uh crunch is like watch out for these people don't get into trouble i'm gonna try and get you like the easy uh assignments when i can but just like stay out of trouble and victor's like yeah got it and then he turns around he's like hey fellow prisoners let's escape now (laughs) but the thing is that the the so the compound is fenced in but it seems you could very easily climb the fence because crunch does a bunch of times but outside in the forest around the compound are zombies. So you're concerned about the guards shooting you. You're concerned about the zombies. And then you have to like get back to London somehow. And this is out in the countryside. Uh, and then also very importantly, there are two, two or three giant domes where they keep the bees. And now those domes look different in my head because I know that it is not 1907 and not the present day or the near future. Yeah, yeah. I was imagining were... them like very spacey looking. Yeah, no. Now they look more like the uh, the like a like the garden uh, the in like a conservatory of flowers. Like a, yeah, the conservatory of flowers. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Look like that in my head now. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, that's where they keep the bees, and um, because apparently doll honey is a big deal. And Crunch says specifically to Victor, like never volunteer for the domes if they're ever looking for work for the domes don't do it and victor's like okay sure um and then we find out that crunch is actually part of a humanist movement who has infiltrated the camp so that he can stage a revolution to kill all the guards and free the prisoners and then stage protests back in london so that Parliament will pass laws outlawing this type of thing, which now that I know it's 1907, I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's legal to have slaves if they owe you money. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, thanks, capitalism. Um, <laughs> Although, good job, Parliament, keeping going during a zombie apocalypse. Right. But but this is like, again, this is far enough after the zombie apocalypse. Like, it feels like we're t- towards the end of Reconstruction after the apocalypse agreed agreed so it didn't really do much anyway so then we find out that uh the other guard sharp has been like sniffing around crunch and crunch is like oh does he suspect that i'm part of the humanists or is he just trying to get my job and blah 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 and then sharp notices that crunch and victor are spending a lot of time together so he uses victor to get to crunch he takes him into the dome and we find out 
And this was this was a this was well done. This was great. I, honestly, I'm like, this was my favorite part of this book. I was like, uh, somebody steal this because this is fucking visceral and yeah, so I was like, good. This is exactly what I wanted it to be. Inside the domes, they obviously are growing flowers for the bees to pollinate and create honey. The flower beds are zombies that are still conscious and like, you know, they're they're attached on the ground, but they're still writhing around and their torsos have been split open and the flowers are growing out of it. And then the bees are also undead. So the bees are like the size of, what is this? Like a grapefruit. They're enormous bees that also love blood and they have this really terrible venom, but they like will pollinate the flowers that are growing out of zombies. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is fucking nuts. What it also could have been is prisoners that like couldn't work anymore, that they were like hooked up to apparatuses to be kept alive so that the flowers could grow out of them. I think that also would have been cool because again, none of this needed to be zombies. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, the way, the way the book described the flowers coming out of like the openings, like there's this like crazy mix of like, beauty and nature and horror um and like the the living the living dead and the chains and how they're being used by capitalism like i it was so Mm -hmm. fucking good i was like the whole book could have been about this mm -hmm. and then that whole scene where sharp is threatening him and like he he's wearing sharp is wearing protective equipment but he brought Victor and not wearing protective equipment. So if he stumbles, he'll get eaten by a zombie. If he cuts himself, he'll attract the bees. And that whole scene where he's like trying to threaten him, like, oh God, like I was so stressed out. It was so well done that I, like I finished the scene and it was just like, oh, oh God. It was oh, a God. good horror scene. Like, it, was it was a really good horror scene. Genuinely good horror scene. It was also, I mean, because they set, um, they set Sharp up to be like, uh, the type of villain who's very obvious, like mm-hmm. just like you know, brute strength type of guy, and then to have this brute strength guy just living in subtlety and just very quietly, like he's not even being like overly overtly threatening. He's just like, just tell me, we can leave. Just tell me, tell me the truth. And then when uh, Victor lies to him. He's like, ah, this is disappointing. I really thought like this would be enough for you to tell me what was happening. So let's kick it up a notch. And it was just so well done. And it was like, I thought the whole fucking book could have been this. The whole Mm -hmm. fucking book. Mm -hmm. There was another really good horror scene because then um, Victor and some of the other inmates plan an escape. And there's a part where Victor is, uh, he's in the forest and um he he falls and a zombie is at him and he's like holding the zombie above him to, to to keep from being bitten and he like sinks his teeth into the skin of the zombie's cheeks and like pulls and then like maggots start falling out of it i know yeah christine made a face like i read that i was sitting alone in an empty apartment and just went Ugh! like it was it was awful this is why i don't like zombies but I'm like, 
this is what you want in a zombie horror, like ripping flesh and maggots falling on you. And oh, it was so creepy. Oh, it was really gross. Um, anyway, yeah, it was and really well written. Like it was. Honestly, That's the thing. This was so this was a well written book. I enjoyed reading this book, except for a couple of things that I'm going to touch on. Uh, if they um, said boy love two more times, I was going to just talk. I was going to stop reading this book. Because <laughs> 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 like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I know. Um, so, uh, as we said, Victor plans to escape. And the, uh, the escape attempt fails. And so a couple of the prisoners die. And the rest get captured and brought back. And it's only then... That Crunch is like, you fucking idiot. I'm trying to liberate this work camp tomorrow. If you had just waited one more day. And, and, and then Victor's like, are you fucking kidding me? You you wanted me to trust you with all this shit. And you didn't trust me with anything. And Crunch is like, oh, like inside. And just like, oh, what a fool I was. I'm like, fucking yes. And we'll get into it more. But then, something that I enjoyed. So then the plan was, uh, Crunch had met with one of his contacts and was smuggled this drug that if he put it in the guard's tea, it would knock them out or maybe kill them. The details are fuzzy and they don't really care at this point. <laughs> and then once that kicked into effect, then the the resistance movement would come and like physically, you know, like fight to save the prisoners. So then... <laughs> Crunch is like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And Victor's like, I could have helped you this whole time. And I'll get into about why that's how the sh the book should have been. But then Victor is a he's the one to like he's on duty with the kitchen staff, so he has to go fetch the water for the tea. And he like puts the puts the drug in it, and then he's able to smell that it's like a really spiced so they won't even taste the difference and then he's working in the apiary and he sees one of the guards dies and he's like i didn't know it would kill him and then um he has this and then there's uh like the alert whistle is blown all over the camp meaning that guards are falling left and right and then sharp is like suspecting victor of something so everyone else leaves the apiary and then sharp is like get out of here and then this part felt weird to me that victor's like i'm too scared to leave and i'm like what are you talking about just get out he's asking you to leave the building and you're too yeah. scared to leave the building anyway so he has his last fight with sharp and he manages to like th there's a tussle there's a good tussle he manages to like throw him onto a zombie and he gets at and it was great i'm like well done victor and then at the end <laughs> victor's like that felt fucking amazing <laughs> I love killing horrible people. Um, so then, uh, and then Crunch shows up and he's like, yeah, it's done, but I, I didn't see you. I wanted to check on you. I hope you're safe. And then they're like, Ooh, we actually love each other. But then Crunch is like, I don't know what I'm doing next. I'm part of this organization and like, we have missions. I'll probably be, be assigned somewhere. I don't know when I'm going to be back in London again. I don't know how much, how long I'm going to be in London when I get there. And there's this thing over the course of the book where Victor managed to smuggle his mother's engagement ring into the camp. And then there's a point where 
crunch is like if somebody sees you with that you're gonna it's not only is it gonna get stolen but you're gonna get punished so you should trust me with it and so it becomes like a symbol of victor being able to trust crunch and then at the end crunch gives it back or victor steals it back in the um before the escape attempt but then he gives it to crunch and he's like why don't you hold on to this for me and give it back to me when you get back to london and so it becomes like a sort of engagement ring and it was very sweet um so I liked I liked that the ending was kind of bittersweet because it's like they're going to be together, but we actually don't know when or what that relationship is going to look like. So there's like, we know they love each other and that they plan to be together, but there are still kind of like barriers. And according to our um, Romancing the Beat, that's not a romance story if it doesn't right. have a happy ending. But I kind of liked the bittersweet ending. I I also felt like it's st- like I felt like they were still together. Like I it it counts for me. I know it doesn't mm-hmm. actually count, but it counts. And I yeah. I thought that was I thought it was a good ending. Um and I like that the you know they had lots of sex during the book, but honestly when it got to the end it was all about the escape. It was mm-hmm. all about fighting the zombies, it was fighting the guards, it was you know trying to get out. Like and I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a pause in this where they had to fuck very quickly mm-hmm. and then go. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, I thought that was I mean there was so many other little problems I had with this book, but overall it was interesting there was you know it was kind of a neat i don't know like i didn't like victor as a character at all Mm. um you know uh slavery is bad and all all of this work is bad but i just gotta tell you like he was assigned easy fucking work all the goddamn time (laughs) and he complained every day he's like picking apples but my face is pretty like it wasn't that it was backbreaking it wasn't that it was hard it wasn't that it was laborious it wasn't that he hadn't eaten it was that his face was pretty and he didn't want it getting um sunburned when he was outside and i was like okay well that's fine and all but no and then the next one he was like he had to shovel pig shit and that is hard labor that Mm -hmm. absolutely is um but he also didn't have to deal with other people and it was and 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 crunch was like you didn't want to be in the sun i thought this would be good like like it's a labor camp there's labor like i don't know what to tell you my friend so you're saying that victor should have been grateful no i'm saying (laughs) i'm saying i really hated like all these people around him were working very hard and he was like owie i'm like (laughs) Buck up, um, Buttercup. Worse is coming. <laughs> yeah. So I also enjoyed reading this book. I enjoyed the sex scenes. The sex scenes were were pretty great. Um, something that I found absolutely hilarious. So they have this power dynamic as a prisoner and guard, and we're going to get more into that because there's something that drove me absolutely crazy. And then as they're fooling around, <laughs> Victor, the prisoner obviously likes being sub and is like (laughs) hinting pretty strongly at crunch to like be a little dom and crunch has absolutely no idea what to do with that information he doesn't understand those cues at all so even though they have the power dynamic that people fantasize about when they want to have that kind of sex and victor's all for it crunch is like i don't know what he's talking about (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) I also really, really enjoyed, like, at some point, 
Victor was like, okay, so you're not in, like, in his own mind, he's like, not into the dom something. Okay, fine. Like, what is this guy into? He's like, well, maybe he wants me to dom him. So he's like, <laughs> so he says to him, he's like, what do you want me to do, baby? Do you want me to shove my dick down your throat so you feel it in the back of your throat? And Crunch goes, oh, no. <laughs> that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> so despite being an enormous ex-sailor who's an undercover humanist freedom fighter, he has very vanilla sex. Yeah, and he was like, oh, that doesn't sound nice. And so, but then, like, Victor can't tell if that's what he wants or doesn't want. He's really not sure what's happening. So he does. He just grabs, he just grabs Crunch's head and shoves his dick down his throat. And Crunch backs away going, I said I didn't like that. (laughs) And I was like, this scene is hilarious. (laughs) I don't know if it's supposed to be, but it is. And it was like, I said I didn't like that. And Victor's like, got it, got it. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. Look, we're just in a weird old watchtower during a zombie apocalypse trying to have sex while you're in charge of me. Like, we'll figure it out. Um, The scene where they fuck in the ditch. That was great. That was a good scene. They go somewhere where there's like really tall grass and then there's like a little bit of a ditch. So they're like hidden from view. And that was good. Anyway. Okay. So the thing that drove me absolutely crazy about this book is that Crunch was constantly getting mad at Victor for like, quote, playing mind games with him and like not being honest with him when he's like a guard at a slave camp and like physically tortures people. And and he has this we- he has this weird code of con. I mean, like he's like, oh, all the straight guards like rape women, and that's gross. I'm like, okay, I'd love to see more of your inner monologue about how you feel bad about, f- you know, physically brutalizing strangers. I'd love a little bit more of that so that you can fit up on that high horse of yours. But then he's like, oh, yeah, Victor's playing all these mind games. He lied to me. He's not really into me. He's just, like, showing me interest to, like, get perks out of it. And I'm like, of fucking course, he's trying to survive. (laughs) He's trying to not be killed or tortured. And, And like... Victor was trying to explain that to him in their final fight when they were, like, arguing with each other. mm -hmm. Like... It took Crunch forever to get that through his fucking mind. And like as annoying as Victor was sometimes where I was like, you know, also like like the argument where Crunch was like, why did you want to leave? And Victor's like, duh, it's a fucking work camp. Why would I want to be here? (laughs) Like, Like I was like, yeah. No, that is uh-huh. correct. Like, why would he want... Like, he's like, um, I have... But I did think his whole argument was funny because he's like, I gotta go. I'm not made for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> as if all of the other people who were slaves were. <laughs> well, because they were poor, so obviously they were. Well, right. And Victor does kind of say that a bunch. And in fact, the honey, which is supposed to be very tasty, is uh, poor people's honey. Victor does not eat this honey in his regular day life because mm. he's like, he even says at some point, he's like, I've never stooped to eat this honey, but I'm so hungry now. I'd better. And I'm like, Ooh, you are, mm. you are a snob. Yeah, very much so. And yeah. And the whole time crunch had this attitude of like, well, I know I'm a good person. I know I'm a freedom fighter and Victor should just trust that without talking to him about it. And it just, Drove me crazy. And when it got to the end where Victor was, like, helping him poison the guards, I'm like, this should have been the book. That they, like, 
that there was a point at which Crunch trusted Victor and they like helped plan stuff. And so then the stakes of getting caught weren't just about the sex, but also about the mission for both of them. And that's what I would have liked to have seen. No, Um, and I think there's an interesting argument to be had where um, Victor and Crunch both sort of realize they're taking advantage of each other in mm -hmm. this situation. And that Crunch recognizes that he's the person in power and that he's getting out of this sexual gratification. Um, and that what Victor is getting out of this, and it's a, it's an exchange, it's a power exchange. It is absolutely like both people are getting something they want out of this. Um, and that there's definitely a place for Crunch to not trust Victor with everything. Like mm-hmm. if he just tells Crunch, like I'm a freedom fighter who's going to try to liberate this camp, like Victor could easily use that if he is a usury person and turn around just to survive and tell mm-hmm. somebody else at the camp that tell everybody and the word gets around and the whole mission is, is endangered or he could tell just like, you know, um, you know, our, our villain, he could just tell him mm-hmm. sharp and also like just so that he could get ahead for the day because he has to survive. He mm-hmm. just, he's doing whatever he can to survive. And that is a really good argument for not telling him. But once we get through the trust exercise where we're in the dome with Sharp and Victor doesn't say anything and like he only gives away the bare minimum detail and it's something that he himself loses and not um, Crunch, that should have been the point where Crunch trusted him. And then we would have had such an interesting novel. Right, but then Victor crunches or Sharp is like, don't tell anyone. And then Victor actually doesn't tell him until much, much later. And I was like, well, yeah. And again like it like that part i think that's where it started to go off the rails a little bit for me with their relationship wise and why that whole argument between victor and crunch could have been way more interesting Mm -hmm. uh and been about basically the same things instead of um crunch coming off like a complete idiot Mm -hmm. yeah um another thing for me too is there were some tense issues every so often uh a verb would be in present tense when it shouldn't have been. Um, so it's like, uh. and then looking at uh, our author's bio, they like have these like factual bullet points. And one of them is like, we're Polish. So I'm like, okay, well, if you're from Poland and English is your second language, then well done. This is a great book. If you, if English is your first language, double check your tenses, ladies, please just look at your tenses again. And then one last thing that I would like to say, there is a part that I found really cute where they had sex and Victor was like, you were fucking awesome. And Crunch was like, teamwork. <laughs> teamwork. Um, I, I could have done without the, because Crunch and Sharp both have uh, accents that I think are supposed to be poor people accents mm-hmm. from England which just came off as pirate sounding to me. Yes, because they were the the um it was it was almost only the word you that was changed and it was changed the same way every single time when that's not how it's used in like cockney dialect. Yeah. Like they if if you is at the end of a sentence they say you not yar. And I think it was meant to be your like y e r. 
But it I was Y A R, so they said Yar. They were pirates. Yeah, on this Crunch one page and looking, Sharp, the pirates. Yeah, on this one page I'm looking at, they say, like, here's one line it says, anything you'll want. And then later it's like, he says, uh, Yar, so. And then later it's, you know, in, in class. <laughs> which is english like and so it's just like fucking and it, it wasn't consistent but it also was very piratey it was just straight <laughs> up a pirate and i was like <laughs> <laughs> good did you have anything else claire i don't have anything else okay so that was stung zombie gentleman mm romance by k.a american are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. 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 Oh, hmm. <sighs> well, I guess I'm gonna fuck Sparks mm-hmm. because I don't know why not. That seems he's, like he's probably like three pumps and done. Uh, yeah, so it's quick. It's over. Yeah. You know, it's uh, sharp. I'm not gonna enjoy that. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, he's a terrible slave driver who decided, <laughs> you know, to sharpen his metal teeth to spikes. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can kill Sharp. I'm gonna marry zombies mm-hmm. um, because I'm like I go like I have loved zombies as a monster for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I kind of felt like over the zombie stuff was overdone. Uh, the Walking Dead was on forever. It's still on The Walking Dead forever. And is it still going? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's Goodness. still going. Um, and it's got spinoffs. It's got like a larger world and it's just, it's too dire for me. Mm. I really liked one of my favorite versions of, I mean, you know, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, like love those, love those Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are like two of my very favorite movies in large part because, um, when I think a zombie movie is done well, like this slow moving zombie, it seems like it shouldn't be scary. And then it's, you know, it just comes upon you. The dead coming back to enact revenge upon the living and not any specific revenge, just generalized. Um, but those were both, both movies that were very much just about other stuff, about commercialism or about racism. And it was really well done. I also like zombies as like, you know, culturally, historically, where they came from and having to do with the Haitian Revolution and, you know, taking back power. Love all that. I think that's all great. All very interesting stuff. Um, so I dig on zombies. Um, so I'm going to marry them. Okay. <laughs> great. Long story short, those are my vows. <laughs> <laughs> that explanation took longer than your friend's wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back. 
Neil. Yes. Um, I'm also going to fuck Sparks. It's probably not going to be good, but whatever. I'm going to kill Sharp because he's the worst. And I'm going to marry a zombie. Not because I like zombies, but because I feel like I could really pull off the crazy rich Victorian lady where there's something weird going on and it turns out her husband is a zombie that she keeps in the attic. And she's like, hello, my darling. I brought you a fresh dinner. Isn't it beautiful? Like, I could pull that <laughs> off really well. So I think that's that's why I'm going to marry a zombie. Indeed, indeed. I think yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah. I think you're good. <laughs> okay, Neil. Yes. Um, fuck, Mary kill. Mm-hmm. The OG zombie. The OG zombie is the shambolic, like not really quite fallen apart yet. Like they mm-hmm. are, you know, but they're the freshly dead who are who mm-hmm. have come back up. Also, there's no explanation as to how they became like what they are. There's like, is is this a virus? Is this like? rage juice is it like there's no more room in hell so the dead shall walk the earth unexplained and unknown og shambolic zombie Mm -hmm. to the virus zombie this Mm -hmm. is the zombie that's a little bit more now like they may be slow moving but sometimes they're fast this is the walking dead zombie or three fast zombies these are the zombies that are just like, rah, 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 and they are coming at you very quickly because uh, 28 days later was like, you know what's scary? Fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, OG. Um, virus. OG, virus, and, and fast. Uh, fast. Is there a vaccine to the FE virus? uh there's no vaccines for any of this like all great zombie apocalypses it's it's kill or be killed okay well i'm gonna kill fast zombies because nope (laughs) nope right out of that um i guess i'll uh, i guess i'll fuck virus zombie i guess I don't know. Claire, this is gross. Um, <laughs> and I'll marry OG zombie just because like, I'll go hang out over there and I'll do my thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's room in this conversation for like, what are zombie preferences and using, you know, this is the metaphor in uh, as well. Like, uh, so OG zombie marriage all the way for me. Um, but I think, I'm going to fuck fast zombies. And again, this is about genre preference Mm. because I do think that some of those movies did a really good job and made it very interesting. Um, But like Shaun of the dead zombies fit, fit for me into the OG zombie space, which Mm. I like. So Mm -hmm. we'll do that. But so like, I still do. I like 28 days later. I like some of those fast zombie movies. I think they did a good job. So I'm going to go with like, I'll fuck those. And then I am going to kill the virus zombie, the walking dead zombie. I like the comic series for at least like, I don't know, five volumes. And then after that, I was like, okay, this is enough. Everybody, this is too much. I don't know what we're getting off on, on this. Like we need to stop. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to kill them because I think it's done. It's done. It's done. We're fine. That's enough. That is enough. Okay. Uh, and of, out of all the characters, Claire, Uh who are you going to fuck? Who are you going to marry and who are you going to kill? Well, I think I'm going to marry Nate. Cause I think 
he was super smart. He was a pretty good leader. And, you know, I think my 19-year-old self would have thought he was the hottest guy around. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to marry Nate. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna fuck Crunch. Even though he's kind of an idiot. Um, he's so well-intentioned in this very weird space. And I think he's pretty good at stuff. Not good mm-hmm. at, he does not know a lot about sex. And he's very interesting in that way. I don't know. But he, he seems to be good at what he does now. I think he's also good at talking. He was good at chat. Like, he yeah, was yeah, yeah. good at the chat part. Uh, Victor, not so much. Victor was like, oh, so are we just going to do it? And Crunch was like, can we, you know, talk about our lives a little bit first? <laughs> Can can we introduce romance into this like prisoners or this guard slave thing we have going on? Because I don't kink. <laughs> I don't need to talk about the fact that I am not actually a slaver and I'm trying to free you. You just need to know to trust me. <sighs> it drove me fucking nuts. It was good reason with good reason. Um, and I am gonna kill. Uh, I'm gonna kill. I was about to say that I'm going to kill the doll face uh, villain, but Mm -hmm. he is such a good villain. He's (laughs) a good villain. That is a scary fucking villain. And I want, I just want, I don't, I want somebody else to read the rest of the series and just tell me what's up. (laughs) I think it's just one more book. It's two more books. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Someone else read it for us, please. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not reading any more of this. I just want to know what happens. I don't want to know what happens. Um, so I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to kill Sharp because okay. Sharp was bad. He was also a great villain. He was a really I good villain. Sharp. He wasn't wearing a doll mask, though. Like, it's hard to top a doll mask. <laughs> yeah. I can't kill the bees. I feel like they're just doing what they need to. <laughs> kill the bees plus bees are bees are endangered. We need to protect the bees. Even protect if they're zombies. Bees. bees. Zombies. Zombies. Ah, zombies. Ah, zombies. I would like that shirt, everybody. I would like that shirt. <laughs> Great. Love it. Um, I'm going to also fuck crunch. He's he's big and burly, and that that works for me. Um, so yeah, and then there's cake involved. <laughs> so that's always nice. Um, I'm going to marry Victor. I know you found him very annoying, Claire, but he's a singer, and his daddy has money. So <laughs> sure. Also, there there weren't a lot of people to pick from in this book. Nope. Um, or these two books. No. Nope. Um, and then I'm going to kill Sparks um, because he was gross and Hope got turned on by it and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Like Sharp was yeah, a bad person, no. but again, he was a good villain. But Sparks was like, hey, fellow teammate, you're a virgin. <laughs> you, 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 you mean to find me jerking off in the woods? Also, bro, what are you doing? Just like, you're out fighting zombies and you're like, oh, wait, I got to go jerk off for a couple minutes. Hold on. Like, what is happening? Oh, my God. Yeah. The, it's, it, you know, it's the fucking apocalypse. Put, pull your pants up. <laughs> Just like save it for when you get home. Anyway. Um... 
And then the books, Claire? Um, you know, it's hard. Um, because I think in some ways these books did exactly what they intended to do. Mm -hmm. Like, again, I feel like Tainted Blood is very much like a Hunger Games type of book. Like, that's, and it did that. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. it did a good job. I think it needs uh, an editor to go through it. Mm-hmm. and fix things but i don't know like i thought some of it was you know like interesting it pulled me through i did want to know what would happen next but she was also a very annoying main character mm-hmm. um and stung uh, you know it just it you know it did not live up to the zombie thing that i was looking for like, I don't know if the part of the rest of the series has more of the zombie stuff, but the world building just wasn't there for me. Uh, the coolest stuff in the book, like, was so small and could have been made so much bigger. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's hard. Um, I don't know, though. I think, uh, I think I'm going to kill Tainted Blood and uh, I think I'm going to kill Stung, too. I think I'm going to kill both of them with a heavy heart but you know they'll come they'll rise back from the dead and they'll go and amble along their way (laughs) good um yeah i'm also gonna kill tainted blood it was just so hard to read and not even because i mean like yeah that scene with the bone was like ooh, but just like slogging through that syntax was difficult like either there were there were towards the beginning i would stop and reread sentences and then just like you said you just kind of have to like gloss over it and just infer meaning from the weird scattering of words that are happening yeah and i like i i I don't have time for it in my life (laughs) i do it for you listeners but like oh, oh so i'm gonna i'm gonna kill it and then I think I'm going to fuck stung. That's a weird sentence. Um, <laughs> it didn't live up to the zombie, but I don't like zombies, so I was kind of okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's because I read it second, and it was just like so much more enjoyable to read. <laughs> but also, I mean, like the 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 premise the premise was there those horror scenes were great i i mean like oh the one with the maggots in the face oh god i like shuddered i shuddered reading it um and i i like crunch and victor both had their points that were annoying but like i kind of want i was invested i wanted them to to those two crazy kids to work it out um so yeah i'm gonna fuck it all right yeah all right great well is it time for our very favorite game it is time for our very favorite game (gasps) christine yes okay this is probably going to be very easy i say that every Um, time and yet and yet (laughs) and yet i'm a dumb idiot um okay so next time we are reading okay Pushing Up Posies, Grim Dating 1 by Eve Langley, Langless, Lang- L-A-N-G-L-A-I-S, Langlais? No. 
Uh, anyway, Pushing Up Posies, Grim Dating, Book One by Eve Langlais, and Kim Reaper, Volume One, Grim Beginnings by Sarah Grayley. <gasps> is it the Grim Reaper? It is Grim Reapers. Grim Reapers. Okay. Yes. So one of one of each of these couples is a Grim Reaper. Oh my God, that is yep. very exciting! Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Tis the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm very excited. <laughs> nice. Also, um, Kim Reaper is a graphic novel. Oh. And it looks really adorable, and I'm very excited about it. <gasps> wow. Yay. I'm Yay. excited as well. See, I told you it'd be easy. It was easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that one was easy, and I appreciate it. we've all had rough weeks so we just needed to 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 get to to have this be easy have a win yes great well thank you christine thank Thank you you christine thank you claire (gasps) thank you neil thank you authors thank you so much authors we know that we just rip into these books like we're searching for brains or a finger bone and sometimes we find brains we <laughs> find brains sometimes we don't and sometimes we make fun of that um <laughs> sometimes you find the brains sometimes you don't Boop. <laughs> <laughs> um but i mean uh, we are proud of the work that you've done. We're mm-hmm. excited that you have put your work out there uh, mm-hmm. for other people to read. And, you know, we've paid for these books. So you have our money. Yeah. And thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. You're all beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope that you enjoy what we do. We hope that you will tell your friends, your lavas, your zombies about us. Um, and if you can, if you're feeling especially generous and you're in a position to do so, uh, consider joining our Patreon on patreon.com slash fmklitpod. You do have to put in the URL. You cannot look for it because we say dirty words. <laughs> filthy, filthy words. Filthy, filthy words. <laughs> but if you do, be, do become a Patreon, what you will find is that we put up weekly hot and bothered so you can see what's going on in our minds. Um, Every other week we try to um, also put up like extra special little episodes. We haven't been able to for a little bit because we are a busy. Um, But (laughs) but we also put up extended episodes where you get to hear more about why we're busy and what's (laughs) going on in our lives. Um, In addition to Christine's notes. Uh, If you've wondered what Christine has been thinking of during our whole zombie apocalypse time, all you have to do is become a Patreon subscriber at the $5 level or above, and you can know that information. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) My mind is available for the (laughs) bargain price (laughs) of $5. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Yes. Uh, and again, that's patreon.com slash fmklitpod. And I think all we have left to say is that if you can do so safely. And consensually. And with honey all over your nethers. And, you know, while avoiding the grasping, gnashing of teeth that is the zombie horde. Keep, keep.